Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, planet Earth. How you doing? I am Chris Machete Cochran, your favorite comic book artist slash cult leader. And look. Brenton H. Donnelly the third is back. Oh, there he is. Yeah, we added the H. Buddy. I added the H since I was gone. It's H now. Brenton H. Donnelly the <laughs> third. How's it going, man? Buddy, I'm the brick wall is back, and uh, I'm getting some mad recording done and trying to get my own other show, you know, yeah. out out this week. Well, Plus, remi- uh, remind everybody r- what your show is. I got that other thing called Do Did Will, the Story of People podcast. Hmm. Which has got room for Christmas Shetty this season, which is excellent. Cool. I but actually got uh, something that I'm doing now. So. <laughs> that's that's a story of people. So I'm gonna do a lot of you know we talk about different things. Love staying in the music world, but I'm just meeting so many rad people out there that have all these other chats that I'm like, ah, I want to try to talk about other things too. So anyways, that's understandable. Coming understandable. back out Wednesday. That's with uh, the Cryer Media's own Charles Adler, the most respected journalist and broadcaster in the country. Nice. The only Emmy winner I know as well. So there we go. I'm doing uh, an interview with Ray uh, on Thursday. Ray. Would, yeah. Oh, Ray. Mm. I don't know the name of his podcast or whatever. I just know Ray because we had one. Ray Routh. There you go. Yeah, Ray Routh. That's, but is that the name How? of his podcast? He's a great guy. Ray yeah, Routh. Is that the name of his podcast, Ray Routh's podcast? Uh, it's or? it's uh, what's he got going on? He is it's uh, the it's, it's the job skills one. Okay, cool. So it's a it, it talks to different people about uh, the different things that they do oh, cool, in the right world. And, so and, I'm yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm talking with him on Thursday on his show. It's going to be very great. He's a great chat. That guy. Yeah, he's a rad dude. We had him on here before. Good dude. And I follow mm-hmm. him on his Instagram and all the stuff. Very entertaining. That's Excellent. rad. Look at you out on out on the town. Yeah, well, so sh- yeah. So, so first off the bat here, we just got to talk about some upcoming events for Machete Comics because this weekend, yeah, I am down at the Broom Factory. Do we we don't have do we have the graphic for that? Or no, no, that's okay. So we don't have the graphic for it. But I'm down at the Broom Factory on Saturday doing my uh, create a character course workshop. It's this Saturday from twelve till two. Uh, you can find all the information on Machete Comics or on YouTube or on uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those cool places. And then the following week. Um, well, it's October 1st. I'm doing an in-store at SBT Comics. That's in town as well. I'm doing an in-store workshop demo and then a meet and greet while I'll be signing and selling my comic books. And I should have a new surprise there for everyone on October 1st, which I'm looking forward to. And then after that, uh, I'm down at Nexus Comics. Or no, that's before that, right before. Sorry, I'm getting a little lost with what I'm doing. Nexus, Nexus, Nexus Comics downtown. Oh, here we are right here. So bring your character to life, September 23rd. Oh, and then Nexus Comic Books downtown Kingston on the 24th and then we've got October 1st we've got our demo on how to do a comic book downtown and that's on my side of Kingston SBT comic books and we're doing a food drive there so bring your food out friends I am giving away two prizes two ghostwriter prizes uh for the one at SBT comics which is in my area of Kingston yeah food drives we need some food there's it's the all-time low at our neighborhood food banks here so there is right there free demo and that's yes uh, October 1st and then 
Okay, great. Thanks, Lonnie. And then after that, I'm doing, uh, there's a Comic Con in Belleville I will be part of. That's just a big Comic Con in Belleville. And that is the, that's halfway through October. I quite, quite haven't gotten there yet. So we're, we're ramping up. And then I have a meeting on Thursday about uh, the history of my, or the, the future of my, uh, my schooling here. We've got a, got a meeting. So yeah, so those, that's the update. And of course, all the new uh, artwork and stuff on Machete Comics. Dot .ca is still there. The cool t-shirts, the Cult of Machete t-shirt. Have you seen it, dude? It's the quarter length. And we, it looks rad. And I want to get, uh, and I think we we definitely got to get a campaign going to have Rhea Ripley and Cody and LA Knights and that, you know, as we get closer to the Rumble or as we get closer to, like, you know, some of these things, these drawings that you did of them mm. and really try to get it on their radar to try to get those auctioned off. Yeah, Because cool. I look at that shirt, man. Yeah, it's it really, really cool. Good. So that's the Cult of Machete one. That one's like a, uh, it's it's like a throwback to the death metal shirts of the eighties, right? I, I, people dig those now. I guess. Have you ordered one? We've yet? always liked them. Have you got one? I don't. We're going to. We're going to have some of these for the in stores we have coming up. Sweet. Not, not for the workshops at Broom Factory or at Nexus, but at the in store at SBT and the con in Belleville. I will have uh, selected like shirts. Select, like yeah, me one. too, buddy. I'll, I don't have to send you one. Those are really cool. I like that one. It's just such a throwback, right? Well, I'll be a buyer. Come on. Okay, well, you can this go ain't a charity and, business. Go online and buy one tonight, then. <laughs> Shadycomics.ca, buddy. There you go. It's not a charity uh, business, you know. There we go. Awesome. Okay, so let's dive into it. So I'm going to go right into, let's go right into our conspiracy theory, which is going to be fun. Because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Hollywood, you know, is it as creepy as uh, as it sounds, or as we're seeing. Anyway, let's roll our intro here. seeing those guys hey before you start before you start just i got the rankings today you're back in the top 50 yay in saudi arabia okay there we go come on saudi arabia get in there get in there friends get in there and i haven't done a lot of wrestling spotlights lately the shining last one i did though i got over uh well they go hot right off the beginning right i got like 500 views in like the first two days or whatever and that leveled off at like five and a half but that was good the deep dive so it's funny because my first or our first we did the first one together yeah. was the deep dive on uh, Eyes Wide Shut movie, and it is uh, at a respectful 600 right now. And now I did I did the Shining deep dive, and it's at a respectful 5.5, which, which is respectful in our line Absolutely. of work here, right? So anyway, Absolutely. what we're going to do here in our conspiracy <laughs> theories is Hollywood. Um, and we're going to talk about some... Co- I, what, I, what I did is I know a whole bunch of them, right? I, like... We, we, Brent and I were discussing this before. We could take this so many different ways, but we're going to take it more. We're not going to go the Danny Masterson way. Um, I'm going to take it a little more fun. So here's one that I found here. And I don't know, like, so what I want to do is bounce these off of Brent too and see if he's ever heard of any of these ones. Now, uh, here's my first one, conspiracy theories in Hollywood, uh, that Ben and Matt, so Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, did not write Goodwill Hunting, that William Goldman actually wrote it, the guy who did Princess Bride. Uh, have you ever heard that one, dude? I have not, but I've, okay. I have not, but I've, you go ahead and I have a comment. No, I was just, I was, was going to no. say, my, my second to that would be, well, I also heard that Kevin Smith wrote it, but hey. 
No, I've heard. I, the thing is, I've heard enough pods with uh, with Matt specifically about mm-hmm. that process, and I, th- I, I, there might have been some help. He might have script doctored it or something. But I, I honestly believe that they wrote it. He tried to get the part of Edward Norton in Primal Fear, which everyone in the world was trying to get. That's the the the. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but he's a. Oh yeah, he's a yeah, and you know he does the switch at the end where it's all schizophrenia. That was apparently a dream role for everybody that of that age, and he got oh, it. Okay. When he got it, and Damon didn't get it, he said, "I can only, st- I'm only gonna be able to star in movies that I write." Mm-hmm. So him and, and Ben went to work and wrote it. So uh, William might have might have doctored it, which mm-hmm. is very possible. But I, I I'm I'm a believer that the two of them wrote it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. So there's one there. Do you want do you want to throw one in, or do you want me to just keep going through these? No, keep going. Those are great. Okay, so here's another one here. Now this is this, so this is kind of a, a Hollywood slash Scientology because the the people that I'm talking about from Hollywood are in Scientology, and I don't think you can really separate that anymore these days, right? Um, so Hollywood's uh, matchmaking are they are they are they matchmaking? Are they putting people together like Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise? And in furthermore to that, Justin uh, Bieber and Haley, uh, what's your last name there? Baldwin. Baldwin, the Baldwin, yeah, because there's footage of of uh, Daddy Baldwin pushing her on. I'm Justin there, right? There's there's so much stuff of Justin coming up, which is pretty wild. So how about Hollywood Scientology setting these people up? I think uh, if you look at Leah Remini, uh, who left it, mm-hmm. and what she's been talking about, uh, and just um, the whole insanity behind it, um, I don't I don't think I wouldn't pass put it past anybody to mm-hmm. like set these things up. However. It failed miserably in her case because she left, and it failed miserably with Katie Holmes because she left. Um, I know you don't want to bring up Masterson, but well, no, just don't want to go into uh, details about. But uh, but I mean, he he certainly used that that church as a as a, yeah. a, a means to cover up, and, and then they ran as fast and far as they could once he yeah. got nailed. Man. So it's yeah. it's uh, you know it's a very interesting thing. Travolta, the, the, like Cruz and Travolta, seem completely untouchable out of that group and we all love Cruz and we and Tra- we'll go see Travolta and so I don't I, th- I think it's kind of like ah it's that thing over there but we're still gonna watch him not everybody gets that pass right like yeah. no one's watching Gary Busey movies anymore that guy's mm-hmm. uh, you know do you think mean? Hollywood sets people up I too? think Hollywood there, sets people I think like Hollywood sets people up yeah. Kardashian and uh Kanye there seemed like it was kind of set up at first too I like I don't know and then and then I saw, oh what's the other one there too of course uh uh, your favorite guy there, Machine Gun Kelly, and Megan Fox, and Megan Fox. That seemed that seemed pretty hokey, and that that seemed more something like Megan Fox was kind of conducting to me than anybody else. But who knows? But but so, do you think that Scientology hooked people up? I don't just I don't just leave it in Scientology world. I think so. Scientology and then Hollywood. You think and then Hollywood? Yeah, because yeah. I think that you know these kids. You look at Corey Feldman, your your buddy. Like mm. it's insanity in his world. And you know he's getting divorced again, and all the rest of it. And it and the the, the bit about um, you look at uh, uh, Randy Quaid, how insane he went, um, and he's hiding up here in Vancouver, like to get away because the you know they're gonna the Hollywood people that control everything are gonna kill him because uh, you know part of his thing was that he didn't go out with somebody that they wanted him to. There's a whole bit there. I do believe it, but but I think these kids, there's so many good ones too, like Bateman, you know that came through the system that is 
relatively normal it looks like and wasn't and he's 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 Blossom with, made it through i forget what her yeah Mian Bialik. mind you mind you bateman is with paul anka's daughter uh, but that's a. I mean, there's all those. I mean, they're all mm. hanging out together, doing that's shit true. from well, the, from baby I mean, there, time. There's a fine, like you tell. Yeah, it, it's weird. Some are set up, you think, and some yeah, probably natural. Yeah. I mean, okay, so you're saying a, a, a nay to the Ben and Matt one, but you're saying a yay to the Scientology Correct. and Hollywood matchmaking. Okay, no, this is. I like this one. I like. I always like this one because I remember this. Um, so Marissa Tomei wins Oscar for Best uh, Supporting Actress. Um, Jack Palance made an error, and he read it wrong. And it was between Vanessa Redgrave, Judy Davis, and I, I don't, I didn't read which one of them should have won or whatever. But um, so the the uh, conspiracy theory is that the Jack Palance just wrote read it wrong off of the uh, envelope. This is the third time I've heard this. Um, yeah. One of my favorite podcasts right now, I told you before, is called The Rewatchables. Right. And they did a whole one of their rewatchables was on my cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. and they just they they read the whole thing, but then they get into like. Was that the the peak of Marissa Tomei or blah blah blah? And they and they broke down the whole bit about her getting nominated and winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also made a really great point that she st- she probably won it in error. They did it a couple of years ago. Those other two movies, remember? There was the the thing with La La Land and something else. Um, but they also said that she was deserving, so it was a mistake. But it was fine. So so yes, it's. Uh... I do believe it was a mistake. You do so. Do you believe you do believe that one? I do. I do believe Check it. Beside that one, yeah. Well, you because well, Palance... that happens in that's happened in beauty contests a yeah. few times publicly, right? Steve Harvey had a famous one where he caught himself. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I I, uh, I read yeah, that." Yeah, that was at the American. Yeah, that was at the thing. Yeah, but but Palance was a crusty old coot, and and uh, and Marissa was amazing in that movie but also like did it warrant like a, a, a nomination I, like, yes did it warrant to win I, I don't know I don't think right? she turned on the, the juice on that until the court scene at the end so mm-hmm. interesting when I like that one I, I always like that one because <clears throat> I love I love it when uh, a public error stays in the history of things if it could have been okay now here's a this is just a historic one um, and that Marilyn Monroe was murdered uh, because of JFK uh, affair and maybe possibly she had some information that she was privy to that all of a sudden well we can't let her go with that information uh some of that but so she didn't just die you know of an overdose or whatever she was murdered classic that's like an oldie but a goodie we need john guanari for this one but oh yeah he likes uh, this too huh? yeah this he, is, like he, i say this is a good one this is a we really need him for this one, one. Right? i i would I, I mean everyone loves the old jack there everyone loves jfk and there's there's tons of there's tons of stuff around his extra stuff um i would say yes but i would say not because of him or bobby oh wow see everybody was getting assassinated around too unfortunately right it was just like who's gonna get shot and then they just stopped doing it you know what I mean? It was I think like that just stopped. It's like now it's it's just I, random sick people. <laughs> people. No, the thing it's, is, is I don't know. I, I just you know I, I don't put it past any politician to do something dirty. Fine, but I just feel like um, something else, like anything else in the world. Something. Else. There's just so many smart people around that I feel like there's the Illuminati believers and there's this mm-hmm. and there's that. But I believe that there's the smart people in the world that are just like. Sorry, but no, we don't, you know, so if they're like, yes, Marilyn was killed by the Kennedys or something because she knew something, I would say I could believe it, 
but I don't believe it from those two because I think there's too much mafia stuff with those two that to add another layer to their shit would be mm. too much. I think you could have somebody deep in the roots going, all right, they're done. We've got to get rid of her. You know. you know, right. Great story there too. With the, I like it when they uh, like the entertainment, the Hollywood people kind of cross lines with the Scientology or cross lines with, with political figures a little bit, you know, they kind of pull them out of their element and then gives, uh, it gives it a little more twist to the story when that happens as well. Cause they're out of their element. The government people don't care about celebrity figures as much as a celebrity does around their crowd. So I always find that little twist is great. It's a really cool twist in any story. So you're saying that, yes, she was murdered. It's just that, like Marilyn Monroe. I think so. I I think it's very possible. I'm kind of in the middle on whether she was murdered. Or she just had a hissy fit and like killed herself. Yeah, I I mean, options. Because it was a lot of pills. It was one thing I noticed. Brent, here's sorry to interject one thing. And here's one thing that I noticed is that these guys, a lot of the celebrities. Nowadays, they're dying from just taking a few of the wrong pills because Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll possibly forget they've taken one. Maybe twice during the day, they forget they've taken one and they've taken three. Like that happens. Heath Ledger, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That happens. But when you take like, yeah, see back in the day, right? When you take a whole bottle, it's, you're not mistaking it. You're, you're, and that's what they would do back in the day. I remember seeing uh, that you, you see photos, there'd be a bottle of pills there, right? Or they look at the Wolf of Wall Street. When was the last time you watched the Wolf of Wall Street? Lonnie just watched it the other day. Uh, a few weeks and then, with the with the quaaludes and shit. Mm. <laughs> right? Guys, that was only the seventies, man. Those guys were putting everything in the in the early eighties. It was like they were putting everything into them. Uh, the only thing, to your point, I, I do though think that uh, the drugs were pure back then, or at least pure-ish, for, as as opposed to that, as opposed to now. It's funny that you're like talking about. Um, how no one's being assassinated now or, or dying from you know, celebrities, uh, like your celebrities, political, you know, figures. from that side. But yeah. the drugs are way more laced now. Yeah, it's yeah. way easier to like give somebody too, right? something like, awful. Yeah, that, like you know, kill somebody these days and clear it up. It, unfortunately, oh, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's okay, just so let's move it. So we got one more here. Yeah. And of course, you know what this one is. Kubrick and the uh, moon landing, my friend. I got to do Stanley Kubrick. Did he do and did he reenact, <clears throat> excuse me, the moon landing? And if, mm. it, I, just right off the bat, I got to say that I've seen enough of this to say that whatever we're being shown from the moon landing is not real. It, it's 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 pretty funny. Some of it actually is kind of like, well, that was what? Um, and, and the fact that he did that movie, like if you watch 2001 Space Odyssey, of course, Kubrick guy got to interject right off the bat on this, right? Um, if, if you watch, if you put 2001 Space Odyssey against Star Wars Return of the Jedi, all right, mm-hmm. mentally, you got what, 1968 versus what, 1986 or something? Hey, which one do you think is going to look better visually? Mm-hmm. You would be wrong because it's going to be 2001 Space Odyssey. How the hell? That's the question. See, that's the big question. It's, it's not, did he fake the moon landing to me? It's like, wow, how did he get a hold of the stuff to make that movie, dude? Brilliant. Because mm. I was having a conversation with uh, one of our friends there who does hunting and, and stuff a, little, a while back. And he was like, you know, Chris, I, I just don't get that movie. And I, and I explained to him what I just mentioned to you. And he's like, holy shit. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> okay, I get it. Wow. That, it was, and he's thinking, wow, I thought that was like in a late 70s movie, early 80s. No, man, no, that's, <clears throat> that's the whole deal. So... Uh, and I love the way that he brilliantly played with us ever, ever after until he died. So that's just my, but if you disagree with me, go for it. That's no, cool. man. Yeah. I, I don't know where I land on the moon thing. 
I, I think, think they just was... for, I oh sorry I just think they forgot to bring the right camera I think they landed on the moon but I think yeah. they got up there like hey let's get the pole right out and take a picture hey it broke yeah. it doesn't work yeah. with no gravity man and they're like, I can buy shit, that no footage we have no footage of us being on the moon what are we gonna do hey let's get Kubrick Kubrick can you do this um yeah but you gotta do this and you gotta make it so that I can use this and do any films I want or get, give me you know coup de go on my films uh do it I. I, I think it's very interesting. Um, I don't know where I land on the moon thing because I am not much on. Uh, I don't go all the way on, on this stuff. I know you love it and I love to, to, to look at it. Um, but I but I land on the earth is round and I land on some of these things. I do believe um, just given the fact that India just landed on the moon um, and the footage is pretty close to the same. I'm kind of like. Because you're so invested in this story and because you've studied the shit out of it, I will say that it is possible. And it is I would yes. say that I'm not saying everything that they showed us is fake, but I'm saying there's a big chunk I understand of that. But if you were like, if you were telling me this as like I watched the I watched the Space Odyssey and I think the the moon thing was fake and you left it at that and didn't research it, I'd be like, yeah. well, whatever. But no one dives further into Kubrick's I world than you, so yeah. I'm gonna get. I'll give that one to you. Um, uh, it's a really tough one for me to say they didn't land on the moon because I really want to believe in the progress yeah, I, of, I of, think they, of the as species. I, I think they you know? did. Yeah. I just don't think that they had the proper gear to film it properly and if you think about it what kind of a camera would you need with zero gravity you couldn't just take a normal camera out there well and the other thing too that we have to talk about uh, the other thing that goes with it was the apollo 13 thing and hanks and howard are to me not going to um they're not going to put too much out there that's conspiracy based so they would do their research on on some stuff. I know people where they land on Hanks or they land on, on not trusting celebrities and all the rest of it. Yeah. But Apollo 13, one key component to that movie is when they're, when it's abundantly clear that they're not going to make it to the moon, they can look through and see the moon and they can see the tracks where it landed. Right. The original one. Yeah. And so when they have to circle the moon and come back and the footage that was on the TV at the time, which might've been, you know, doctored. But to me, I just feel like, the only thing for me that 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 jumps out is that I don't believe that Sinise, Hanks, and Howard would make a movie about not making it to the moon and include that footage about the moon without them deep diving into whether they actually landed on the moon. And that's the only part for me where I, I agree with you that yeah, they well, landed. Sure. That you, yeah. you know, I agree with you, but I also think that like they did land on the moon. But I, I will give you. That they probably had to yeah, shoot they something. Need, they needed some extra footage. <laughs> they, they needed some extra footage. Sure. In there. Well, the moon's. Yeah, I love the moon too. I've done uh, documentaries on it because yeah. there's the. It doesn't turn people. Uh, the, and if it's you mentioned to somebody, well, the, you know, the moon doesn't rotate. Oh yeah, it does. And then they think about it, like, oh yeah, right, it doesn't. If the moon doesn't turn. We don't know what's going on on the dark side of the moon, not the far side. That's why they call it that. We, we can't see what's going on there. I there posted. Like, I posted so something the other day from uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson from space talk you know the guy that, that that's always like did you know about this and that and yeah. he was talking about how the 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 earth or the moon is moving like i think it's an inch a, a year away from earth yeah and we're we're getting closer to the sun each time too, so right? it's but it's but it's obviously affecting affecting the gravitational pulls yeah. of everything so like in a thousand years is it going to be so drastic that it's not going to be pulling all the currents so, yeah, properly in a thousand and, years i think we'll probably be 
t- jettisoning. I, I'm doing. I think well, by a thousand years, I would hope that we would be exploring space. Yeah. But anyway, so the, yeah, so that, that, those are our top five, or not top five. <clears throat> those are our f- those are five conspiracy theories in Hollywood that I found that I thought were kind of interesting. To very interesting. It's very good. Oh, they're good. Yeah, roll it. Let's do it. We'll move. for the comic book of the week. All right. And there it is. This is Marvel Universe number one. This is from 1982. And I was just a little nargin when this, this one came out. But uh, again, this is original from the variety store, Max Milk, up the road. I think I got a ride to pick this one up because it's not damaged. <laughs> uh, but these were great because what this was was all the... the this, so this, this issue was number one, and it was A. So it was from Abomination, the character, to Avengers Quinjet. And what it did, it has the characters in there. And it just told you all about them. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So it's funny, too, because it's like, so you got Modoc or Aaron Aaron Z- Zola over here. And it's like, uh, occupation, biochemist, legal status, Swiss citizen, identity, publicly known. So it goes through all that stuff, his weight, his, his age. And and there's even, like, uh, the map of Asgard. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <gasps> yeah, it's really cool. So there was 12 of these that initially came out. And they were alphabetical. And I thought they were the coolest thing. There's like all the Avengers that were in the team up to that point by John Byrne, which was really What a cool. great looking comic. Yeah, it was really good. And it had the whole fold over on the back cover. So really decent. 1982, January. So this was right off the hop, brand new in 1982, right off the beginning. Still there. in really good shape. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, this one is in really good shape. Yeah. Another one that I found out in the garage here. This was a magazine you could get once a month. This was called Wizard Magazine. I remember that. I remember Yeah, Wizard. the Wizard Magazine was great. And then there was a toy one as well. And there was also Maxim Magazine and Stuff Magazine, which I found a bunch of those out in the garage as well that I forgot to bring up. I um, mean, this was cool because they also had like a price guide in the back for comic books. I remember that. We used to snag them from Twice Told Tales in Port Perry. Oh, yeah? Nice. Like snag them. be like the poster. Would, oh, you'd steal them. Hey. <laughs> and then it'd be the poster in the middle. You get yourself in trouble now. The port we went to. Si- I remember going to science science class at the, after lunch, and guys would come in. It was the worst guarded oh, no. store ever. Guys would come in with like full seasons of upper deck baseball cards and comic Ooh. books, and it was like, man, uh, yeah, it was not not a guarded property by what any a means. Bad place to live in Port Perry. <laughs> Uh, mine is not as in good shape, but it is the uh, wonderful 1982. Speaking mm-hmm. of 1982, uh, sorry, actually, this one's 62. Sorry, oh, wow. I thought it was 82. I was looking at the. That's a big no, difference no. there. No, hold on. Six. I was just looking. Wait, it's so. Um, I'll be able to tell you once you show me the cover. It's 82 or 62. No, it looks. I think it's 82. It's 82. I see the second print. Okay. Sorry, it's 82. Sorry, I have to take the glasses off to look at it. Look at that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first Ghost Rider. Oh, wow, that's an awesome one. Look at that. Look at that. I, I remember that issue. So I got oh, this one uh, given to me, and that's I so just cool. remember being like, wow, it's the coolest thing. It still smells like yeah. 19. It still and, and smells Does it got an ad for Megaforce on the back? Yeah, yeah, it's a Megaforce ad on the back. Oh, you got to put. You can watch that for free on YouTube. 
you will laugh and laugh, but it's so awesome. Are you man enough for Megaforce? Um, geez, look at all this stuff and all the great things that we loved about the comics back then, which is all yes. the cool stuff. Prizes for cash. Yeah, you'd sit uh, there and pick how many. You'd pick ones that you would like the most. Uh, letters. They had the ghost writers. Yeah, they had the people uh, writing letters. Jeez, look at all these. Uh, earn their own money. They aren't spending money. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Apply for a job in Chicago when you live in Toronto? Like, <laughs> it's just the funniest thing, right? It is. Uh, Bubble Yum's still around. Some of these oh, ads yeah. in here are just like, um, they really take you back, huh? Yeah, because I just I had some cool. I had some really cool, but also remember, it also reminds me of um, being young with the the brain of like a, the creative brain. So you're looking at these things, and then I was a big wrestling fan then. Um, I got into wrestling in like 85, 86, but 88, 89, when they had the like the the fantasy wrestling. You know, and I had a guy, and you had to mail in. Oh yeah, that's, right? I remember you mentioning that. So that's I had a guy named Stud. That's so cool. <laughs> and then you get you get the letter every two months, and it'd be like Stud won the belt this week, and you're like, nice. I'd, I'd run up and down the house. I'm like, I won the belt, and then I lost it the next week. But that this this world created like a, a, an abundance of creativity amongst the amongst kids, and this is the one thing that I think that is lost amongst these kids now is that you know you go through these things, you see these ads. And you're like, oh, I can get into a Dungeons and Dragons set if I just mail this page in. <laughs> or I can get uh, like all the free shit you used to get because you used to get mail. Mail yeah. was great. Yeah. Or the, so, I thought the thing was just send us 10 cents and we'll send you a catalog, stickers, and this pen pal. God, I owe Columbia House at least $800. Ooh, remember that? Columbia House. There's Mile High Comics. I remember Mile High, Mile High Comics. You Always know, had the centerfold of sales. Look at this last frame shot here. It was just great. Mm-hmm. Oh, that silver or the Bronze Age art is just amazing, dude. Yeah, I love so, that stuff. Anyways, that was the first Ghost Rider, and then I had a few more after that, and then when they re, when they came back out in like ninety, I think it was yeah, ninety Danny or Pinch. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I had the I got number one, and I got two, and I got the first five. There you go. So they're sitting over there. Nice. Good. I like those ones as well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's hit our top five. Are you ready? All right, let's okay, do so it. These are the top five years that I prefer musically. So just my favorite top five music years. Are you so ranking it? So is number one your number one, or is it just five that I, are on your list? Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to go from like uh, the 60s through to the 80s. Okay. Or to 91 is what I'm going to go from. I think we're going to be pretty close on the same. We could be. So I'll throw one out there and you throw So I'm just going to go in numerical order kind of thing right so my first one of course is 1969 and that's when zeppelin came out the beatles released abbey road yep um and of course woodstock i had that's such a huge year for music and anytime you look back on any kind of history or i do on music that was a big cultivation of it and you know i think everything kind of died with it after that with the manson shit that went on mm-hmm. that was it right that was the culmination of it right here is 1969 and that Beatles album, of course, crosses over to so much stuff, including the movie The Shining. If you didn't see my deep dive on The Shining, you can see it on the YouTube channel. Um, but wow, that is the, the those two albums there are just you know. Can you imagine the world without those two albums? That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty crazy. Or without Woodstock. So that's my first choice. Would be 1969, dude. What are you saying? All right. Um, this is. I am spending a lot of time in the 80s and the 90s. That's mm-hmm. okay. You do you. Um, I think. I think I got to go 1994 mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a lot tied to that year. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of Machete. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, Green Day's come out. The Offspring come out. A lot of things was coming out of your house at that point. But it was also the end. It was also sort of the 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 uber end of hair metal ish. Like it kind of that was the end. Like I mean, they got a few years out of ninety two to ninety three, but it really went away. And I and I just remember like our when we started the band. And I've ta- told this story before, but I wanted to do like some Tesla covers and shit like that. And you're like, no, no, we're gonna be an original band. But that that was a byproduct of coming out of that hair time, and then me holding on to some of these great records that came out in 94, which was like, all right, Tesla are still trying. They put a great record out. Warrant put a killer record out. Skid Row put an amazing record out at the end of 93. Like I'm just saying all these bands that I was holding on to, uh, you know, Anthrax, all these bands that were like 94 kind of like wiped out that era, but it also introduced us to green day. You had Green Day earlier, but the rest right. of us got Green Day in 94 with Dookie. Um, you've got um, uh, Pearl Jam's second or third record is out. You've got uh, Holes kind of there. you got Soundgarden, Super Unknown. Jeez. Big um, indie scene in Canada, too, at that time. Yeah, right? a like massive, massive. And in, oh, my God. It came. Matthew Sweet from, you know, the Downward Spiral by Nails. I was never a Nails guy, but it was just everywhere. So it just represented me leaving high school, joining the band, and starting that thing. So That's 94 cool. right for me. Kind of like that one. Okay, I'm going to pick. I'm going to move on to my number. This is in the uh, numerical order. I'm going to 1975 now. Okay. Um, this was just insane, man. You, if you dial this one up, uh, first you got Queen and Night at the Opera. All right, and that gave you Bohemian Rhapsody. But that Queen album is just, that's a changing album. Fleetwood Mac Rumors is just one of the best pop albums of all time. My Lord. Uh, Kiss Alive, come on, right? That's, you know, it's like, that's... dang, Kiss, 19, so it's 75. Um, Heart, Dreamboat Annie, that album is just mint, dude. And this is just like the tip of the iceberg of the music that was there. Everything underneath it is just amazing. It's just there's so much good. There was great Bruce Springsteen music out at that time. 75, man, if you, if you go to like Songster or something like that and you say, you know, play the best songs or play songs from 1975, you will just, you won't, you won't be upset. <laughs> um, the vibe, too, that you get from putting that on is amazing. Yeah, thanks, Lance. That's good. Yeah, 19, 1977 and 78. The Clash are in there, too. Gee, uh, Sex Pistols are like the end of 77 into 78. So that's a good one, man. Well, 75 is what I, what I picked. Or 75, I'm saying, but they've got, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you've got um, 73, sort of that 74, 70, it's kind of like 73 had a big year and then 75, mm-hmm. like it was yeah. like 70, you know, everyone had that. mint, dude, it, was, it seems like there was so much music to that year that was just so good. Um, okay, I'm going uh, 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, 87 for me was, was pivotal, that was like 11 years old. And Guns N' Roses, White Snake, Cult. Uh, the Cult was huge. You had uh, the Dr. end of '86 with Metallica. Me just kind of discovering them around that time a little bit. I, I really dove in after Justice in '89, but that was sort of like the time frame uh, of '80 that '87 time. Some of my favorite albums are around there. Uh, the hair thing was in full effect 
Mm. And but you also had some like some pretty great Billy Joel '80s stuff in there, and you had mm-hmm. some like cheat like it was the cheesy stuff that at the time I'm like, oh, but now it's like give me all the you know. The, the the new wave 80, 87 uh, I was never a Depeche Mode guy but it's like or the Cure guy as I mentioned but now when I hear it it just takes me right to eighty like right to eighty seven eighty eight nice. um, uh, early uh, early Jane's Addiction and eighty eight out of that sort of at the end of eighty seven so that was a great a great yeah, time that was a good one, good one. Mm-hmm. okay my next one is nineteen eighty oh dude nineteen eighty was insanity um you got well plus also because it, it kind of drew over from 79 it was released in 79 but it was big in, in 1980 it was my sharona which is my favorite song of all time yep, by the next but, but dude look at this back in black <laughs> right, back in black um queen the game that is i had another one bites of dust just so many that's just the hit but that whole album is amazing blizzard of oz came out that year british steel by judas priest um yeah it does just those four albums there and again it was just like the the iceberg because below it was just all good music 80 was 80 was when rock and roll was kind of perfecting itself and kind of mm-hmm. getting itself ready for metal. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, okay, this is starting to shape up. It's starting to get there. And then we hit my, the other year that I like here is when they kind of perfected it. But yeah, 1980 is, is, uh, was a great musical year. Another one you can just say, Hey, Google, whatever, play the best songs from 1980 and you will not be unhappy. I love it. My first record was Motley Crue's too fast for love. Mm-hmm. And that was like 81. But when I started yeah, paying so attention to music, as far as like things that were influencing me, I would have been like nine, 10 years old, mm-hmm. 1984. Nice. I got that one. That's so 84, one. we get yeah. Thriller. Oh, wow. We get... Bon Jovi. Yeah. We get Like you a Virgin. That's, yeah. Prince, we get Purple Rain. Springsteen. We get, oh my Twisted God, Van Sister. Halen's 84, which is like the greatest cover of all time. Look at this. Here we go, buddy. Look at this. Ride the Lightning. Look at that <laughs> Madonna hungry. cover. Here's oh my, my staple God. right there. Yeah, Power Slave. I love it first stinks. That's why I feel like 80 was preparing itself for 84. And here's where we're like, okay, folks, you ready? Not to mention it was like so much was tied to... Uh, you get, uh, you know, the breakfast club, which is an 80, early 85, late 84. You get, don't, don't you forget about me, which is like the biggest song ever. Um, Billy Idol is on fire at that All point. Right. 80, 86 with money, money. But before that, he's coming out of generation. Brian X. Adams too. Dude. Brian he's Adams the cuts like a knife. Charts, right. So there you go. So 84 for me, that's a, me too, buddy. I had to study it a bit, but I was like, man, what a great year that was. It was 84 was great. Like that was, that's, that's, yeah, that's my number two. Okay, so bouncing right to my number one here um, is what's that? Number one because I didn't write it down because oh. it was it's 1991 and it's just grunge. <laughs> you name it grunge wise, and it came out. In are we on number one or are we on number yeah, two? Because we tied on number two. I tied. Oh, sorry. Do you need your number two? Oh, you need your well, number let's, two. Let's do. Let's do a thing. What was yours what right did there? We, what did we do? We did. Oh, wait, eight, yeah. Okay, that was your number three, eighty-four. You have two more left. Sorry, you go ahead. Well, I was going 78 because 78. Oh, wow, you get, that's a great year. Yeah. You get, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many great records. Just alive, get, the Police. Them. Yeah. Um, the police the Sex Pistols down. play their final show. Um, right. We've got, um, oh, my God. Parallel Lines. You've got Van Halen. Wow. You've got yeah. Blondie. Blondie was a big thing and when I, I was growing Blondie, up with my, yeah. with my uh, cousins. Mm-hmm. My older cousins were always playing ABBA and Blondie. And that was right around, I was, you know, four or five years old and that was coming out of 78, you know, so that was great. Um, uh, geez, chic. That's funny. Chic say chic. So, um, we've had, uh, we had chic on a couple of festivals this summer. 
and they write yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah. So it was just funny, like they're around. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's amazing. That was a great year. Seventy-eight is another one. I, I, I there's a lot. Yeah, of but I tie with there. you on ninety-one. So ninety-one, that's number one. Yeah, it's the, the year the grunge broke because it's like Ed, Pearl Jam's there, Soundgarden's there. Uh, well, nineteen eighty-four, one. Oh, I forgot. Was Rat in nineteen. We'll pass yep. ninety-four. But um, yeah. So it was just all grunge came in. You can't. It's hard to just pick one band because the whole movement, the whole movement came in. So that that that's just it was the, the thing that I'm looking back on now about that year for those few years is just being a part of it was cool because I think that's probably the last time we're going to get a real, a real shift in the music industry like that. You know what I mean? That was like, that was like the, the bank of Canada dropping the rates to 2% or something. I can't, I I, I with you, man, because I, I am trying to think, and I don't want to be old guy from the porch or anything, but I'm like, we always go, Oh, you know, this generation is going to sound like this or just this generation is going to sound like that. But, um, there hasn't been, a change out of the music. Hip hop has changed. Hip hop's just mumble music. That's all that is. And people would say that that's regardless of how shit it is, people will say that's a new style of hip hop. So whatever that part has changed. Rock. No metal has stayed the same, but it's got a little bit more progressive. Um, Straight rock. You kind of had the indie thing a little bit with the killers and the strokes. And that was a byproduct of the grunge thing. But grunge uh, changed the uh, fashion and everything, though, right? I know. All of a sudden, people were dressing like Canadians, and uh, the only you know, thing that's really getting shit, and I, and I, the only thing that's really getting, I, I, which I think the shift in the music has happened now, mm-hmm. is that the music is now so commercially pop mm-hmm. that it's hard to do, like when you like when they're giving out a rock award and you've got the foos up against like AJR, Imagine Dragons. Uh, up like the lines are crossed. I'm just saying the lines are crossed. Oh, it used to be yeah. in 1991. The top metal band was, it was Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Skid Row, and Poison or something. And then in maybe the top thrash bands were Slayer, you know, Megadeth. Mm. But it was very defined. Now rock is just like if it has a inkling of guitar, it gets nominated. But it's yeah. not necessarily the case, and I I don't see what could possibly come in now, and do the big stroke guitar and be like, that's something I've it's never changed, heard it before. Everything and to be a part of that was pretty cool because I was one of the guys was was had the long hair and everything, and I heard this and it was just like, whoa, this is this this is new. This is actually it was new. new. It was an attitude. It was an approach. It was a sound. It was a, the way you dressed. So yeah, that's a cool one. So we both agreed on that. That's good. We are. If last you li- two, we and if Chris, if you listen to to like, um, uh, I was thinking of like, I was listening to Jane's Addiction uh, mm-hmm. a little while ago because I was, I was driving, and I'm like, you know, you I, that, that that 1991, I Mother Earth record or 94 I Mother Earth record has very sounds like Jane's Addiction, but it was also the first record he produced after Guns and Roses. So I'm right. like, where's then you got that influence of Jane's. So then I started diving into Jane's. And going back as far as 88 and nothing sounded like them, but who did they get to tour with? Well, they had to go out with Poison and they had to go out with Skid Row. Right, I remember that. Because those bands were like whatever, right? And kudos to like Guns N' Roses and them because they took out Faith No More and they took out those bands to kind of give them a shot at like early Soundgarden. Nothing sounded like fucking Rusty Cage. Are you kidding me? Craziness. Even the metal guys were like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) 
The cool thing is that it was, you know, it was a guitar, bass, drums, and a singer. You could, you could, it was pretty simple. You know, there wasn't like a million effects on the guitar and, you know, kind of what they're doing with vocals today is anybody can be a vocalist. You can just trim it up. Anyway, yeah, so that was a good list, huh? I like that one. Top five. Best musical years. Whew, and that, that that's like a... That's a tough one to do. That's and we can have five other people on this panel crap. that would have, you know, <laughs> I think top musical years, there's two different categories there. There's like factual, yeah. like one of the biggest yes. records yeah. ever, and then yeah, our yeah, personal and connection. Biggest impacts. And, yeah, I did personal connection. on. I, I always mm-hmm. like to do personal connection because yeah. I find that if it's not a personal connection, then who gives... I don't really give a shit, right? You know what I mean? Um, I just think about like, uh, th- that time. Like I remember hearing... Like, remember when Kuno 7 used to play... Like Sunday night concerts. Oh shit, yeah. I, well, I'm, I miss even uh, just what was it Sunday? What was the psychedelic Sundays, man? Yeah. I used to love that back in the day, cranking it in the backyard and cutting the grass and fixing things up. Good times, good times. So, so we got to end off with some wrestling here. So I haven't uh, been able to talk to you about wrestling and uh, CM Punk. What? So what we're gonna talk about? They see what is the deal with CM Punk? The guy, I, I personally think because he's straight edge, he's totally straight edge, right? I don't know how you could live your life being straight edge. That's just me. I would kill somebody <laughs> if I couldn't like just, you know, relieve the stress with a nice dube du jour or a couple beer, man. I would probably kill somebody. I haven't. I don't think uh, I will. But in the past, I'm just saying. And so I just sorry. So it just seems like he snaps. You know that you know when you the first five minutes when you wake up in the morning, I think he's like that 24 hours a day. You know, when you first wake up and you you do not make the right decision, so I mean, I better just relax here and you want to tell somebody off from five years ago for some reason. I don't know. I, you're just waking up. You're clearing your head. I think he's like that all the time. And I think if he would just smoke a nice mellow dube du jour, he doesn't even need the alcohol. Just It's very interesting, oh, this, yeah. this subject with this guy, Hell because man. when he came to AEW, I was like, super stoked i'm like here we go here's the second chance to do it and and prove everybody that he's not a giant douchebag you know what i mean or or at the very least the the to my thought and feeling was with him going to aew he's now with that group of guys that think exactly like him Mm. not necessarily fuck the wwe or anything like that it's just like we're the smartest guys in the room and now we have a wrestling promotion and we're gonna do this um, and then the whole thing, the backstage thing with the elite and all the rest of it. Um, I think that like, I still want, I still gave punk the benefit of the doubt there. Cause I'm like, I still think he's smarter than a lot of the, the guys, even though they've built it up, yeah. just judging by the way he, he handled a lot of the things. I was like, I still think that he made some extremely valid points about, you he know, didn't want jungle boy to throw somebody into a real windshield. And then when Jungle Boy did it, he had a comment at the screen too. He said something to him, right? And then... That's when, the second part of it. And then when Punk showed up, people went to grab Punk and said, hey, what are you doing? They got him all cranked up. And then he started screaming at Tony Khan. I guess Tony Khan feared for his life and said he had to dismiss him. So prior to that all in, there was a discussion... One of the, if you go back to Punk's comments before, mm-hmm. Hangman Page and those guys had made a comment about how they don't talk to the elders about advice. Right. It was almost like, fuck them. We know everything. So Punk was like, oh, you know everything. Great. Well, then what happened was, I guess a little while ago, um, when he ended up coming back, 
uh, Jack Perry, like Jungle Boy, was like wanted to use like a real piece of glass on somebody. He wanted to hit. He wanted to hit him with a car. He wanted to but throw no, this was this was the second right? part. That was oh, the second Jesus. part. This happened. This is this is why this happened. So this was that like collision or or whatever. And Punk had said to him, "You don't need to use real glass." Like he's trying to protect him. He's like, yes. "You don't. You just don't need to use real glass. Use like candy glass. Use something else. But you just don't need to do it. Please don't do it." And Jungle Boy was like, "Fuck you. You're old." Yeah. So then what happened was is he was like, "Fine." They got in an argument. At all in when he was in that pre match. He used the car and put mm. what's his nuts through it, um, the through the through there, the windshield, yeah. and looked <laughs> at the camera and said, "That was real glass, Crimea River." Yeah. And Punk had heard that. They came back through, and from what we hear, uh, it turned into a, a brouhaha, as they mm-hmm. say. And I think that he had turned around to Khan and was like, "I'm out." Mm. Um, it was very interesting. Yeah, I don't get it. Was, why, it's just amazing how you just can't seem to get along with anybody. And now I hear he's going to go right, right to the WWE because they're under new management now, right? I would be, uh, I had tweeted something about, you know, Q number two in the Royal Rumble. Right. It'll be Cody and then him or, or something. It's going to be interesting because I, uh, if he gets called back to the WWE and he makes it work, then I will double down on my thing saying that I think he's still the smartest guy. If he goes back there and it completely implodes again, given everything that was given to him at the AW thing, and then coming back, sitting down with Hunter, sitting down with everybody, them looking at him and saying, don't you fucking do anything. Just go into the ring. We'll make you a champion in six months, but just fucking stop and just go in. And if he goes in and does that and does the whole thing, then I will be like, yes, he is still one of the smartest people in the world. If he gets canned within a year, I'll be like, yeah. And as far as the straight edge thing goes, whatever. I think it's a bigger thing. I just don't thing. think he can contain himself. I, I, I think, think it's a bigger thing. Yeah. But we know people that know him, and I, I would love to get their take on it, but I'm a, I am have a feeling that we won't ever. I think he needs to hang <laughs> with Rob Van Dam a little bit, man. Be a little chill. It's very interesting. I know. I, I need just, a little chill, man. Well, I just say, like, especially cut, like if you're running fast like that, like he seems to. I, like I'm feeling like I can relate to his his spazzy anger a little bit, um, and it just seems like it just he doesn't have. Um, well, how can he keep pissing people off everywhere he goes? It doesn't, you know. It it, it Here's doesn't the make sense. Here's the thing. I think that um, the smartest guy in the room syndrome is a bitch. Mm. Now Moxley would be considered one of the smartest guys in the room. Daniel, uh, Daniel, uh, Danielson would be one of the smartest guys in the room. So whatever all of those guys are doing, everybody should be doing. Hmm. Um, right. Like I think whatever, whatever Moxley, like if Moxley comes up to punk, it's like, dude, come on. And punk's like, fuck you. Then yes, I understand that. But I really think when it comes to mental health and we talk about these things, um, being the feeling like you're the smartest guy in the room could also be the biggest detriment to your, well, to your health, right? If you have that going on your noggin, maybe you just need to chill a bit. Like, I'm just like, you got to mentally just take a step back. There's a great to... story about, I read in Jericho's book, mm. him and Edge were team, him and Edge and Punk were in a fight somewhere and it was the, they were in a match and it was a tag match and I think uh, it was the night that Team Canada was playing the US in hockey. 
and Punk is a big hockey fan, but he wanted to go over the match. And they were like, we don't need to go over the match. It's the four of us. Let's just go out and call it. And I guess what happened was, is he pulled a tantrum and he went out there and he wrestled the whole match by himself. And he didn't tag in Jericho and or whatever it was. And then he went to the back and him and Edge came up to him at the end and and we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he goes, here's the thing that you don't see. If one kid in that crowd, even though I'm a bad guy, paid $40 to watch me wrestle, you just robbed him of that because you pulled a tantrum. And I guess they worked it out at that moment. So it just feels like he feels like I, to me, it feels like he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room at all the time. And we'll, can help with that. I know. There's things that can help with that. So but that, that's a tough thing. Cause I, you know, I had, uh, when I was to playing bands with other guys, I had to I, I sometimes you'd feel like bringing a song and somebody suggests something. You're like, seriously, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, are you sure? Are you trying to like, like dent? Like, sorry, dent, but, what if you change the A to a B? Like, what? There's not even an A in the song. Oh, okay, C. Dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, know, know what note we're playing to begin with, then just shut up. <laughs> I think yeah. it's tough. Uh, that I, I don't even, I mean, I, I used to dream about working for the WWE when I was well, we eight, all did, when right? I was like in grade eight. It's in my yearbook. Mm-hmm. Of like dream was to work for the. I'd WWF. still like to be a manager in a in a wrestling organization. I think that'd be fantastic. But yeah, so Raw's on tonight. So um, yeah, it's uh, you can always back it up a bit and watch. From, I have a hard time watching Raw because of the commercials. There's so many of them. It's like a three hour show with an hour's worth of commercials. Really, mm-hmm. really brings me down. Which is tough. But I'm gonna we're gonna go watch Raw now because we're running out of time here. But that was good. Good episode. Good to have you back, my friend. Are you here next week as well? I am here until like the beginning of November. So we got some right. time. Bitches, we get Halloween and everything. That's so really we do our cool. Halloween thing, which is going to be great. Um, that won't be next week, though. And you're gonna do you're gonna do a deep dive uh, on the the Shining. Sequel. Well, I'm gonna do the yeah. part two, Doctor Sleep. I'll do a deep dive on that, but I'm just gonna do that on a, a YouTube video, I think. Yeah, so great. I don't so I don't cut into our schedule here, um, because and it's I'm not a huge fan of it, uh, but I'm gonna deep dive it because I feel like I shouldn't. Plus. As I say, the, the uh, deep dives I did on the movies are doing really well. So it seems like people are enjoying that that segment. Uh, I really get into it. That's fun. Um, I love the deep dive. So, yeah, I'm going to do a Dr. Sleep deep dive. You're going to be doing some more of a do-did-what-else show. Do-did-what-well. What That's exactly it? what we call it. The Devo-did-well show. The Devo-did-well show. What's it called? Do-did-well, right? Do-did-did-well. Will. Will okay, and then when you're done, people that do, people that did, people people that will. Okay, that's and you're doing all three of those. So let's set it up and do a thing. Sounds perfect, man. Yeah, and I'm gonna be talking to racing. All right, so cheers, everybody. Thanks to the Crier Media for having us on here and letting us talk about everything we want to talk about. And top five was rad. We'll be back next week with some more top five goodness, another conspiracy theory. I think all stuff as the week goes on, right? So when it hits me in the head, I I hit up Brent and that's what we're gonna do. All right, so cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers, my friends. Take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Stay in your lane, do your thing. Right, Brent? If you cross out of your lane, just make it a good. You know what I'm saying? It's tough, man. Guys like me cannot. We, I got to stay in our lanes. I took that one on the face. <laughs> Trying to get into that homeless situation, man. That is not Ooh. my station in life. Not my station in life. So anyway, moving on from that. Uh, everybody, party on. Be excellent to each other. Good times. Rad dudes. Peace out, my friends. Peace out.
What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.